friends i've just included us as your friends molly and kieran and we are from sa 2020 we do this in partnership with klrn and it is sponsored by cps energy who knows the importance of telling a, a more complete story of san antonio's progress and the areas that we need to do more work on we like to highlight human beings in our community who are working inside organizations who understand uh that there's more work to do doing it smartly. I, that's, I can say smartly, right, Karen? They're doing yes, it smartly, smartly and kindly and, and intentionally and with an, with an eye on community needs. And we have had the uh, privilege of chatting with Angelique multiple times. That's who's coming on. I like to just like tease it with the first name and then we tease <laughs> it in. Um, we've had the opportunity to talk to Angelique multiple times, specifically around sort of workforce and understanding that. She's also done some incredible work around digital inclusion and access. Um, and she works with Goodwill Industries. It's Angelique de Oliveira, who I'm desperately trying not to South Texas up. Angelique, thanks for being with us. Oh, you did very well, Molly. That's, when we say kindly, we mean things like that, where she's just like, yeah, it's fine. You butchered it fully, but it's fine. Um, uh, Angelique, you're with Goodwill Industries. Goodwill is a partner of SA 2020s, and there, I think maybe we should start off with the thing that everybody knows Goodwill is, and that's the store. That's it. That's what Goodwill does. They have a store, and I can drop stuff off there, and they sell their stuff, and it's over, and the end. What else should we know about Goodwill? Absolutely. So we are actually a lot more than our stores, but that's definitely what the community knows the most about Goodwill. But we have been you know, serving our San Antonio community for about 75 years now. And since 1945, our purpose is fighting poverty and create opportunity. And so we do that by helping individuals in our community move from a job to a better job and to a career through a number of employment and education programs. So uh, we always focus on helping individuals uh, who have um, significant life barriers. They may have previously been incarcerated. They may have been disconnected from the workforce or education for a long time. Um, they may face hopelessness or other uh, uh, life challenges that make it more difficult for them to obtain employment or advance their education. And our objective is to help them uh, see their potential help them address any barriers that they may face uh, so they can pursue those goals and advance their, um, their livelihood. Um, so we, um, our stores actually are a huge uh, funding source for a lot of community programs um, that are providing. Uh, we have, a, for example, a post-secondary vocational schools training institution that provide training in health careers like medical assistant, pharmacy technician, nurses ed. We also have career centers that help people um, uh, with job, uh, um, job readiness, that help individuals also with career navigation, identifying what is the next career step uh, for them to advance their work. And so all of those programs um, are funded through our stores. 80% of all our mission programs are self-funded by our business operations. Um, 
In addition to our retail store, we also have our business services division that people know uh, not as well about. So um, though it's another business venture. Uh, we provide business outsourcing solutions to the federal government, local government, and businesses in our community. Some of those services include landscaping, call center, uh, document management, and, and those services are provided to businesses. Um, so another benefit of our business operation is that beyond funding our workforce program, they are directly a platform for us to achieve our mission. Mm -hmm. So through those business operations, we employ over 1,400 individuals. Uh, a lot of those individuals are second chance. Um, on our business services division, especially on our federal programs, over 80% of our workforce has a documented disability. And so internally, um, for the people that work at Goodwill, uh, we have programs of, such a life skills coaching program that helps people um, address barriers that could prevent them from retaining employment and also programs that help them identify goals so they can advance their career and move to a better job within Goodwill or outside of Goodwill. And so in a nutshell, that's, that's our mission and how we, we serve the community. Angelique, I can tell that you are um, exactly the right person to be the chief mission advancement officer at Goodwill. Like you really yes. are committed to the work that you're doing. And I appreciate sort of that uh, like fantastic sort of overview of everything that you're doing. But it's like, yes, you were, it, that was a good hire on Goodwill's. <laughs> Goodwill's Thank you. They, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it <laughs> also makes me passionate. You, yeah. Right, and that uh, the passionate is um, contagious, right? It makes me feel good about donating to Goodwill and also shopping at Goodwill thrift stores, which I enjoy as well. So we know, right, even from Goodwill existing for 75 years, that this work has been important for a long time much longer than we've been experiencing this pandemic. And we know that the COVID-19 crisis has, we've been saying it at SA 2020, as loudly as we can, it has compounded the needs that already existed in our community and that we know the crisis is disproportionately impacting San Antonians, including um, a majority of the folks that Goodwill is servicing and hiring and in working with. So can you talk to us more about how has the COVID-19 crisis affected Goodwill's work? Um, and how has Goodwill been responding to the different needs of the community at this particular moment? Yes, so uh, like many organizations, COVID-19 has impacted our work significantly, uh, not only in terms of um, um, our uh, financial strength, um, because being funded 80% by our retail store, when our retail store closed for nearly close to two months and then our revenue and our funding for our programs is impacted but is our, from a programmatic standpoint more importantly it has impacted our ability to reach our clients um, so um, our career centers for example which is a place that provides services for a connection to careers and jobs um, we know that about 60% of our clients in those centers don't have a computer and don't know how to use a computer. That's one of the main reasons that they choose Goodwill for um, to receive that help and get connected to employment. So while there are communities that are facing 100, over 150,000 people um, recently um, losing their employment, our centers were least effective to serve the community because of a number of our clients 
don't have the tools to receive virtual services. Mm -hmm. So while we shifted to virtual services, we've seen a decline in our number of clients in our career centers. So right now, we, with the trends of COVID-19 heading in the right direction, we are working to reopen our centers um, as quickly as we can. Um, in terms of our academy, um, our students, um, a lot of our students are non-traditional students um, that come to Goodwill because of the small size of our classroom, the one-on-one -on -one assistant. Um, so moving to virtual education has also been um, a, a quite a challenge for our student population. Uh, we've worked very diligently with them to help them um, accom to help accommodate them and help them make that transition successfully. Uh, but all our programs are definitely um, meant to be that one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship building, building those transformative relationships with clients and on a virtual platform is just different. Um, and um, so we are adjusting and, and making the best that we can, but we definitely are looking forward to be able to bring people back into our facility as uh, a lot of our clients will benefit from that as well. Angelique, I want to talk to you more about, you've mentioned workforce development, right, a couple of times, and obviously a core component of Goodwill's work, and that's something we know we've been hearing so much about, specifically around COVID-19 relief and recovery. And part of the tension um, that we're observing is we know that people need living wages yesterday, right, that we need those today, those are urgently needed now. Um, and workforce development is also by nature definition very future oriented. How does Goodwill, tell us more about how Goodwill bridges that gap between meeting people's needs today while working towards that better future? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. So um, a living wage, $15 and, and higher, it's often the aspiration uh, for our clients. Um, a lot of the individuals that we are uh, working with um, are often not ready for those jobs. Um, and uh, sometimes they are not ready for any jobs um, because of just um, the, the very difficult um, challenges that they're facing in their life. Um, so the way that, that Goodwill, um, the, the pathway that we see with our clients, it, it's first, it's life stabilization. Um, and that's why we are engaging in life sports coaching uh, program, which is helping our clients have hope and be ready for a process of change in their lives. Um, our second strategy is stable employment. Um, so often our career centers serve about 7,000 people a year. And many of those individuals are not ready for an education program. Uh, what they come to us, they come to us in a position of survival. I need to make to put food on the table. So being able to engage in a long-term program, to be job ready, to get the right education before a job is not a possibility for them. So our objective is to help them immediately engage into a place of stable employment where they're gonna be able to stabilize their financial situation, stabilize their healthcare. We see a lot of people facing challenges with healthcare and housing that they need to address first before thinking about advancement. Once they're in a stable place of employment, then we can start working around the, the process of career development, right? That's when you can really address the issue around helping them gain those 21st century skills around digital literacy, 
stronger soft skills to be more effective in the workplace and then of course those formal education credentials so that's why goodwill has done such an important shift to invest in our internal workforce because mm -hmm. we knew that we had a captive audience and that to build those those transformative relationships, it takes time. And so uh, we believe so much into an employer-based model where a person is in a stable place of employment, then they're in a position to start working towards those living wage job and skills. I'm, yeah, you're touching on, I'm like pausing for a moment because I'm just like, yeah, there's so many things in there. Yeah, and you're touching on the significance of trust, which is something we've spoken about with a number of leaders through the story goes, and how per, how important it is at this moment during a pandemic to have meaningful, trusting, long-term relationships, um, particularly when you're an organization that is providing the resources needed at this moment. And I also hear you, Angelique, differentiating between institutional barriers, right? So we know that if somebody is formerly incarcerated or they have a nonviolent offense on their record, they might be automatically disqualified from some resources or from some jobs, or there might be bias in hiring processes, right? So the process by which Goodwill is actively removing those institutional barriers while also working with individuals one-on-one on, -one on what you're describing as social skills or simply increasing hope and resiliency um, in addition to meeting survival needs at a particular moment. Absolutely. And you know, what we see with our participants is that it's not a, it's not a straight, uh, you know, a, 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 oh. a straight line to success. Um, so, you know, we, um, we, we, we've worked on a number of, pilot program to try to intensify our services and, and really measure how much we could impact a, a, an individual's retention, right, job retention. Um, and, the is, um, um, and the reason they leave often their place of employment is reasons that most people would not consider as reasonable. Um, I could not get along with my um, my coworker. I could not get along with my boss. Um, I don't like too much that job. So what we are working with, um, a lot of the work that we are doing with our clients is helping them think about new problem solving skills. Uh, how can you think through situations differently so you can make decisions that are going to help you um, improve your lives because often they, they they have not learned those 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 skills on how to cope um, with certain situations and make decisions that are going to be positive more positive lead to more positive outcomes for their lives so it's we we sometimes it's six months and we're happy or if a person is able to put a two weeks notice before shifting to the next job um, it's helping changing mindsets and it takes time you're, yeah, you're talking about, we've, again, it's like things that we've heard across the board and talking to people like you and the programs that you're working in, that it's trust, there's an element of time um, that we can't expect to say workforce development and everything is fixed. Um, that there is a, a very serious conversation to be had around sort of meeting people where they are at, making sure that they are taken care of, that we're meeting their needs, and then 
if they're ready to move them along. So there's like a wraparound sort of element to what you're doing. Kieran, you had mentioned it, and I know we have talked about it about a thousand times internally. And it's this idea around um, formerly incarcerated. You know, San Antonians said, we want to reduce recidivism. And we know that reducing recidivism, um, and just to be clear, recidivism is people who get out of uh, jail or are out of the system and then go right back into it. So we're trying to reduce the amount of people who keep who get back into the criminal justice system. And we know that that happens when stable housing, jobs, education. And we also know that we've literally created barriers uh, for people who get out of the criminal justice system. We make it harder for them to get houses. We make it harder for them to enroll in schools. We make it harder for them to get a job. And I am interested in how Goodwill um, is supporting that, per that particular population, particularly right now, as we know we just let out of our jails I can't remember the number, Kieran, and I'm wondering if you have it off the top of your head, uh, but it was a significant number of people who, nonviolent offenders who were let out of jail um, in an effort to curb COVID-19 spreading in our, in our jails. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but I'm going to get it. It was now. hundreds, right. hundreds of nonviolent offenders. It's like such an opportunity as we're talking about making sure that we're meeting people where they are at. Uh, and so, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm very interested in what Goodwill is doing, particularly with that population, um, because I don't know that we ever make the connection really in our brains of it, people out of our criminal justice system and how we can support them in finding stable employment, living wage employment, housing and education, and how that could shift our community so exponentially. Yes, um, I think you, you're, you're so right, Molly. And I think, you know, they mentioned that the statistics at the national level is that one in four individuals has a background to justify to an employer, right? So one mm. in four individuals in uh, the U.S. Um, has some sort of clinical, criminal, criminal report to uh, disclose to an employer. In San Antonio, it's about 20,000 ex-offenders that are coming back to our community on an annual basis. So it's a significant part of, um, of our community. Um, the, the way that, that Goodwill um, is serving ex-offenders is twofold. So first of all, we, we are a huge second chance employer. So uh, uh, we're uh, employing a lot of um, ex-offenders and um, about 40% of uh, our clients in our first centers uh, have a criminal background. Then we have also some specialized programs. So for example, we have a, a DOL grant that uh, help us um, train over 200 uh, formerly incarcerated individuals a year in careers in construction. So there is a huge link in terms of um, individuals connecting to stable employment, individuals connecting to um, um, living wage care pathway and a reduction in recidivism. Uh, so we are actually in the third iteration of these grants. Our, our performance has been very strong. And the, the, the reason it's, it's very strong is because we, we are focusing on connecting those individuals to an education pathway and employment. Right now, they're facing higher barriers than, than ever before due to COVID-19. So um, a lot of um, uh, all the people refer to this program actually being uh, released from the federal prison system. Um, 
in the past, they were often released about you know six months before the end of um, their um, their obligations. Now they are being released two years before the end of those obligations. So those individuals are left with navigating huge restrictions in terms of the type of jobs they can take, in terms of um, their, their ability to move, and yet they have to sustain themselves. Um, and then you associate with that the social security office being closed, um, the halfway housing, uh, making their, um, their program more stringent to protect um, people against um, the, the, the public health uh, risk uh, that those, those places um, uh, expose people to. So um, they are significantly fixing barriers. And so what, what can really help them is, first of all, employers that are willing to uh, consider people for, for their abilities before, um, before they look at the background. Um, and that's a very important requirement because they, there is still so much um, discrimination. Uh, towards many people who have huge potential to contribute, um, but they are definitely they definitely need a lot of courage because there are a lot of closed doors, there are a lot of barriers that they are facing. Angelique, I'm always curious when I talk to community leaders who are doing deep work that we know isn't always gratifying in the day-to-day -day because it's systems change and it takes time, right? We certainly feel this at SA 2020. Um, you can look back, right, and see progress over years or over a decade. How do you stay motivated and inspired in this work every day? Yeah, but, you know, I think what I always tell my team is um, do for one what you wish you could do for all, and then... Um, if we focus on making a difference in this individual's life, then even if our success rate in for certain program may be 30%, if the other 70% we may not have seen a positive outcome, right? We may not have been able to check the box that they completed their education. But if we were there at the moment they needed it, we coached them, uh, we planted seeds, that's success. So, um, focus on every individual providing the best service and be there when they need it, um, then that keeps your work meaningful even if you're not even always able to see those, those big outcomes that we all want to achieve, right? Which is stable employment and uh, some increased education. It's not always possible for our clients, but what is possible is to make a difference in their life and be that person that is there for them uh, when they need it. So. If you focus on that, then that, that makes, um, uh, that, that, that keeps you going. Yeah, which is also a good reminder that we, we can influence change as individuals, right? I, as one person, make up these larger systems that I'm seeking to change. Which exactly. brings us to, we like to always ask at the end of every podcast for a call to action um, for our listeners. And I'm thinking there's a couple that you've given us, right? Even just for employers, uh, when you look at a job application, how can you center someone's skill set before thinking about um, what you might find on their record if that's pulled? And also thinking about the connection between Goodwill's business um, and the if you donate, right, that has an effect on the, the mission of the organization. Tell us what calls to action, what, are, what do you want folks to know or to do um, to support Goodwill and to support the mission? I think, Karine, you, you just brought some very good examples for us. Uh, but definitely, uh, we, um, you know, primarily uh, funded from our business operations. Uh, we appreciate 
um, donation of, uh, of goods. Uh, we appreciate you shopping in our store. Um, if you are a business and you're in need of landscaping services or electronic recycling or call center services, um, we, we provide quality services and that allow us to employ more people. Um, so that, that would be the, the call to action. And then, of course, um, if you're right now a job seeker, if you are uh, somebody you're trying to, um, maybe you've been laid off uh, due to COVID-19 and you're trying to navigate uh, what, what would be the next step for you, uh, we, we have a, a team ready to help. So uh, get connected and, and we'll be happy to see uh, how we can assist you in your journey. There's something that you said very specifically about sort of understanding that success is different uh, for everything that you're doing, right? So even the idea that you sort of redefined, I'm putting it in air quotes, efficiency, um, that, hey, we may have only had 30% hit the ultimate outcome that we're going for, but we may have met somebody at a time in their life where they just needed someone to listen. And we were there and we were listening and how... Um, how gratifying I think that is in our daily work, but it's also just like such an amazing way of thinking about our work generally, that if we're serious about real outcomes, that we also have to be serious about the short, very quick interactions we may be having with humans. Yes, absolutely. Angelique, thank you so much. We are going to, uh, as always, all of the resources, including how to plug into Goodwill's donation services or to how to utilize um, anything that you've mentioned today will be linked below for our podcast. We appreciate you. We're so grateful for your leadership um, and for the mission of Goodwill. We know it's going to help get us through the COVID-19 recovery process and also serve our community um, long beyond that as well. I have to say, I'm I'm a little bit shocked that Kieran has not mentioned you being a rattler because she always <laughs> talks about all the St. Mary's alums and how you're all just doing fantastic things. So I figured I would just allow if you want like a thing where you do some kind of go rattler cheer or something, I'm, I want to honor your Rattler of St. Mary's time. I think Molly is telling us, Angelique, that she's, it's no surprise that both of us are such incredible community leaders in service to our fellow San Antonians. Thank you for that, Molly. It's very cute. Thanks, Rattler. <laughs> You're welcome. In St. Mary's, well done. Yes. <laughs>